Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Hey, y'all, this is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today we have L.E. And uh, introduce yourself, L.E. Where did you start and where are you now? Yeah, so my name is Lashana E. Nichols. Um, Everyone calls me L.E. And I'm known across social media and in the tech world um, for my uh, work as a technologist and also a community builder. Um, I've technically always been in technology. Um, my road to my career, I'm actually a the head of engineering at an organization called Scratch. And um, my road to that position, or at least into leadership, um, has been very, very unconventional. So I'm really excited to be here and um, and talk a little bit more about it. But yeah, I'm currently the head of engineering at infrastructure, infrastructure and backend engineering at Scratch. And we are the largest learn to code platform for children or students K through 12 primarily. Um, and with over 120 something million users currently. And yeah, I manage all of our backend technology and uh, yeah, super excited to be here with you. Here is a fun question. What did you want to be when you grew up? What did I want to be when I grew up? Um, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur um, and I did, you know, I've opened some businesses um, but I wasn't really sure if technology was where I wanted to be. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of mentors or influences in the technology field. So um, it wasn't really until I got into my undergraduate studies. Um, I started off, started my undergraduate studies as a business administration. Um, uh, I ended up getting a, a degree in business administration, a minor in IT. And I knew that I wanted to start businesses. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but it wasn't really until the, the middle of my uh, undergraduate studies that I realized that technology was like where I wanted to go. Just didn't have a whole lot of influences to, to drive me into that space. So um, I started started learning on my own and self-teaching from there. Definitely. Um, I'll say that 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 probably is one of the reasons why I didn't keep at it and pursue it because there wasn't very many people that looked like me in the industry. <laughs> I'm going I'm to date myself, but almost 20 years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's why I try to be a forefront and be a face and, you know, do things like this so people can understand that, you know, we're, we're out there. Definitely. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but where did your career begin and uh, what was your first career? Because, you know, tech doesn't really mean anything. So where did you start? Yeah, so I started off. So in, during my undergraduate um, studies, I started 
realizing that technology was where I wanted to go, but I didn't want it to, I didn't want to disrupt my my studies. So I kept going with the business administration and I eventually got a minor, a minor in IT as well. But I started off in tech support. And so um, I started self-teaching myself computers um, and I eventually got a job as a tech support um, uh, engineer at Apple. And it was a consulting position. I went through an agency while I was while I was going to school at the same time. And that really, really, that was like, that was the the the, the nail on the head or the head on the nail, whatever you say that. But for the most part, that was what really, really inspired me is when I started doing tech support. And I was like, okay, this is where I belong. And so um, it, it encouraged me to number one, keep going in my education. Um, I eventually, I pursued a master's degree in IT. Um, but I also, I didn't stay in tech support for, for too long. I was only there for a couple of years. And then I started self-teaching myself um, web, web design and coding. So um, I, I was trying to learn application development without taking application development classes. So I started learning Visual Basic. Yeah, it was, it was a hot mess. I started learning Visual Basic and uh, .NET. Um, and I was privileged to have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of freelance work. So I started um, basically with friends, associates of mine, uh, teachers would ask me to help them build their websites because I was, I also had a little bit of a creative spell in me where I would create um, graphic designs and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of mock-ups and stuff of, of applications and websites. So um, I had gotten really, really good at like Corel Draw, and and yeah, while I was doing this tech support, I was also like creating flyers and designing websites. And then I was like, okay, I, I can't just design the sites; I need to actually build them. So I can make some money. So I started doing a lot of freelance work on the side. And um, and then I it kind of sp spun out from there. I, I graduated and I had, by the time I graduated, I had maybe about 20 websites online from like friends and family. I have musicians in my family was designing their websites. Um, I was building my own applications and stuff um, like within like a two, two and a half year span. And you know, that that kind of opened up the door for me to um, get my first software engineering role. It was a web web design role, actually. Um, we call a lot of the web design and development now is software engineering. We kind of buck, we kind of um, bunched them together now. Um, but it was primarily web design. And that that spawned me out to wanting to learn about application development. And I kept going with just learning a bunch of programming languages from there. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> You're giving me flashbacks. I, I started a web design consulting firm when I was 20. And it was funny because I had this 800 number and my, my digit was 20 because I was like, that's significant. I started when I was 20 years old and mm. I would go to these mixers um, and I wasn't supposed to be there because a lot of times they would give alcohol and stuff. So <laughs> I would come home and bring, you know, wine bottles, little wine bottles to my parents mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'd be like, here, here's some wine, you know, mommy and daddy. <laughs> and that's how I found a lot of my clients was going to these mixers. Um, you know, I was, you know, Chamber of Commerce and SBA guidance mm -hmm. and all that mm -hmm. good stuff because that's what they mm -hmm. say you're supposed to do. 
and yeah, I build websites and I did, I did uh website support, you know, maintenance. Um, mm. And then Bush came along and, you know, 08, 09. And it was like, okay, nobody's buying. So I had to, you know, I had to, uh, you know, <laughs> crash that. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to date myself again. But mine was Paint Shop Pro, which I think Corel turned into. And I used to have these little dumb websites when I was a kid and a little blog and stuff. And it's funny because I looked at it on the Wayback Machine. I'm like, take it down, take it down. <laughs> you can't be older than me. There's no way you're older than me. You're talking about paint shop. Like, you're going way back. I'm, I'm, look, I'm going way back, okay? Wow. I was doing paint shop pro. I never learned Adobe because I was like, I, I don't want to take the classes and, yep. you know, all that stuff. So I was on paint shop pro. And, then I, you know, I kind of stopped when they turned to Corel. <laughs> but yeah, nah, nah, nah. I, I, you know, I figure you probably around the same age as me, but I'm 36, so <laughs> way older than you. I'm 41. So. Okay, <laughs> see, see. Oh but um, so yeah, funny. you're giving me flashbacks all That's the way. Funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Very cool. Well, at least you can relate to what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, you know. The catalyst, I mean, what did your parents say, you know, when you moved from business and you say, I didn't want to do like the business stuff. I want to do more tech stuff. You know, did you have support of your family? You know, what did they say? I mean, to be honest with you, like my family's always kind of been hands off of my education. <laughs> like I've been, I've been kind of on my own for a while, but it was once they started seeing like, you know, me getting a job and holding on to a great job and, you know, life was improving you know for me um they knew that I was on the right path so really they really never really had to, too much worry about me um but yeah and I never really switched I'm actually happy that I did go to school for my my business administration um undergrad degree because it helped me when I was in the, you know I'm still in the corporate world but it is it's helped me understand how businesses work and I think that is those are fundamentals and foundational elements that a lot of techs don't have when they come into the field. And so when a company, like when a company's laying off, when a company's making cuts, when a company needs to fill positions, when a company is adding, you know, acquiring a new company, like those things aren't really taught in a computer science world, in the world of computer science. So I'm grateful that I, I've, you know, took a lot of business classes because now, you know, as the head of this engineering org, I understand budgeting. I understand what it is to build a team. I understand what it is to have soft skills. All those things that come along with um, how to operate in business is, is what I'm very grateful for. I'm not grateful for, um, and I know I'm a little bit off the topic. I'm going back to that in a second. <laughs> I'm going back. What I'm not really grateful for is, um, is probably not doing both um, because I think that the fundamentals of computer science would have allowed me to get ahead quicker. Um, whereas a lot of that stuff I had to self-teach. I had to do a lot of research. Um, I had to find mentors to help me get on the right path. Um, but it would have been good to like maybe do a dual degree or only focus on computer science and then also somehow some way maybe flip it where my ma my master's or my graduate program was in business. But um, 
So as far as like how my family felt, they saw me maneuvering in that way and they were they were grateful that they didn't have to too much worry about me. I left home at 18. I moved to Texas and went to college there. So I was away from family by myself for many years, really my entire 20s. And so like, you know, so I've been kind of on my own for a minute and just being resourceful and, um, you know, always kind of looking out for myself and trying to make the right decision. I, I started, I started um, maturing early in my early career. So didn't really have too many, family didn't have to worry too much about me. They were, when they realized that technology was like what was driving me, they were like, okay, we see you doing it. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, keep going, keep going. So, yeah. Yeah, I have to say my parents never worry about me. Like, uh, I'll honestly say, like, I always hated school. I, I barely graduated high school, even though I graduated a whole semester early. And people are like, oh, you went to have a 4.0. No, 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 no. But I think I graduated with a 2.46. And at a certain point, my mom was like, you know, okay, like, you're 16. Like, we ain't going to talk to you about this no more. Like, you know, you can work at McDonald's if you want to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they was like, you can stay at home, like, cause I, I didn't leave home until I was 22. And mm. um, but you gotta go to college, you gotta get you a job, or you gotta be an entrepreneur. And I did all three before the age of 22. Mm. Um and I, you know, I dibbled and dabbled in everything. And then I ended up, you know, getting my first federal job at 22 and moving to Boston. And oh, that was a whole experience in itself. But, um, and I'm originally from California. People are like, what, what are, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> but but um, no, I can, I can definitely relate to that too. Cause uh, my parents didn't, didn't really care or worry about like pretty much anything that I did. They were like, okay, well, you know, we're not we know you're not a you know f up like you know do do what you want to do but I will say my father when I left my federal job he was like why 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 would you do that and I'm like well my mom was sick you know what I'm saying like what was I supposed to do um you know and then I ended up moving to Mexico after that and you know it's funny because my my sister's like yeah dad never brags about you to anyone he brags about me though <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, you know, I'm doing all this amazing stuff, but my parents never left the country, so they don't know what it's like and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm first generation on a lot, on a lot of things. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's like whatever, but, you know, they will, they will eventually understand and see, you know, when that, when that time comes. So, I, I get you on that. Um, you remind me of uh, Shonda, Shonda, I don't know if you read Shonda Rhimes' book. Um, I forget what the heck it's called. I read it like almost maybe 10 years ago, but she's, she, 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 she wrote a book and she mentioned about how her family, when she became super famous, she, um, you know, she had all these television shows that were simultaneously being ran on ABC, NBC, that she's a writer of and producer. She talked about how a majority of her career, her progress is, took off and she turned out to be fantastic, but her, she didn't have the, um, the acknowledgement from her family. And she was, she said when she would go back home during the holidays, 
Nobody was like, oh, I saw, I saw, you know, <laughs> I saw scandal, man. I'm so proud of you. Look at, look at you, man. You're a millionaire now. Like you're doing it. She said, no one acknowledged any of that. And it was, um, it was hard for her in the beginning to, to deal with that because she felt like if anybody's supposed to give you, you know, a shout out, a praise, pat on the back, it would be your family. And believe it or not, a lot of people go through that same situation where they don't necessarily have the acknowledgement from their family, but they're doing fantastic. And if you can continue to do great and, you know, not necessarily have the pat on the back from the family, keep, keep doing that. It will come eventually, in my opinion. So I feel you on that. No, I was always of the mindset that I don't need a pat on the back, you know, um, yeah. you know, because people, people think that, you know, you're supposed to get a pat on the back and, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, you know, if it comes, it comes, you know, I've never won an award for anything, you know, or like I said, my GPA sucks. I was never on, on a roll or I'm never going to be valedictorian or nothing like that or get kudos, but, you know, I know what I've done. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, it's like, the recognition would be cool, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm just, I'm out here. That's, that's basically yeah, what yeah. it is. You're going to you know? keep going regardless. You're going to keep going regardless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. I so get you. Uh, my, my whole motto is don't, don't expect kudos because a lot of times you ain't never going to get it. <laughs> Very good policy to have. I'll tell you right now, it'll save you a lot of uh, headache and heart heartache as well. <laughs> All things come at a cost. What did it cost you along the way? Um, you know, what did you have to give up? Is there anything you had to give up? I mean, um, so I'm a mom um, and I got married at the the latter years of my 20s to my son's father. And so um, I was, you know, in my 20s, I was like really rambunctious. I was doing a lot. I was working at a lot of different companies. I was doing a ton of freelance. I was up at three o'clock in the morning coding. I was you know, Barnes and Nobles, um, ASP.net for dummies. I was studying a lot. I was, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a grind. Um, but when my son came, I realized that, okay, as scattered as you can be, you should probably not do that with a child. <laughs> so you should probably like figure out your path. Okay. You, you, as far as education, you're fine, but education alone is just not going to get you to where you got to go. Like, you're going to have to use your brain you have to put the plan together and, you know, force yourself to go in that direction. So I, I, I slowed down a little bit um, when my son came and I said, okay, I'm going to stop hopping companies. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get really, really good at development. I'm going to focus on the front end. I'm going to focus on um, these programming language. So I started putting things in place Um and so when it comes to cost, I would say that, you know, um, when you decide to have a family as a woman in technology and a woman software engineer or a woman in development or engineering in general, anywhere in the tech space that you're a woman, um, you know, the cost could be your family if you put technology first or your career first. There's, you have to weigh it out, you know, and, um I had to slow down and, and put family first because I got married and I had my son after that. And so I would say that I probably would have been moving a little bit faster um, towards a more lucrative career if my son hadn't came. 
but um, I had to slow down and it did, it did help me focus though. So I would just say that in terms of cost, time, um, you know, it cost me time, you know, to, from the time that I decided to have a family where things sort of slowed and I was just kind of focused on just, you know, maintaining the career and being a mom and a wife. And, and then all the way up until my son got to an age where I can be away from him a lot, you know what I mean? Or I could spend more time externally and do things inside of the community. And, and, you know, so I would say um, in terms of cost, like not, not monetary, monetarily, um, it's more time, you know, um, being great in technology or at anything within the tech space requires time. And that was something that I really had to juggle um, early in my career. And so now, you know, it's my son is in, approaching his last year in high school and I can be away from him. I travel a lot now. So, but I had to give that up in the beginning and now I'm able to do all that stuff. So. Definitely, definitely. My, I have a nephew. He he just turned 10 um, last month and my sister's like, I'm, I'm so happy. Like I can just leave him by myself now. I don't have to watch him and all that good stuff. And, you know, um, I'm like, yeah, but my, my nephew's always been pretty independent. I, I think he, he's like me. He's my twin. He probably should have been my child. Oh. <laughs> um, and we look just alike. We look just oh. alike. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. I do. Um, I'm going to rephrase this question a little bit different because you, you pretty much always been in tech. Um, what would you say was your, your process into getting into tech? Because everyone's process is different. You know, I, I definitely talked about my process and my, my business versus tech brain, you know, cause I didn't start off in tech. Um, and people like I, you know, I took a boot camp. I was mm -hmm. self-taught, you know, I, I studied in college. Like, you know, what was your path? Yeah, I mean, my path was um, you know, like I said, I I though I had the education, like that didn't didn't really matter. Um my path was like, you know, figure out what you want to do. Okay. I know I wanted to be a software engineer. I knew I wanted to be um, uh, heavily embedded in tech and I knew I wanted to be a leader. So that was really my goal. My goal was to get and to be in some sort of a leadership uh, role within technology, ideally technology management, because I not only equally enjoy programming, but I also just enjoy, I enjoy networking. I enjoy information systems. I enjoy technology in general. And so um, I, my, my goal was to get really, really good at one thing. And I did. I started learning C Sharp. I started learning um, JavaScript. I started learning a few different languages. And I really focused my attention on the, learning those and becoming an expert at those. Eventually, I started teaching part-time on the side. But, but really, my path to my 15-year um, software engineering career was really just to get good at one or two or three things and then stick to that. A lot of people like to do a bunch of stuff and then they don't they don't have the opportunity to be an expert at it. And so with me, me zoning in on those say three programming languages and this area of development uh, allowed me to go to any company I wanted to fill out a resume, send my resume and get in with no problem. 
because I specialize, I really, really focused on becoming an expert at those areas. And so I would say that for anyone trying to pick their path, the real goal is like to really just focus, like to figure out one, two, I would say cap it at three things that you can be an expert at and really, really, really become an expert at those because those are the things that are going to keep you employed. I have not been unemployed since 2000 and let's see, my son was born in 2006. I haven't been unemployed since 2002. I've been nonstop employed all this time. So, so, and it's mainly because I, I focused on those three things um, and I became an expert at them. So I became an expert at front-end development. I got really, really good at, uh, and became an expert at JavaScript. I became an expert at C-sharp. I even crossed my, um, my knowledge of C and C-sharp and uh, .NET over into um, iOS development when, when Apple became a thing. And so I having that connection with those different languages really just allowed me to, to maneuver my pathway whichever I wanted to. And really that was just, that would be my, my um, that would be my suggestion to anyone. Um, but for me, it was just becoming an expert at those things and like really, really driving towards them in everything that I did. How long did you, how long do you think it took you to, to become this expert? I would say um, nonstop, I would say about four to five years, nonstop, like grinding four to five years, really, you know, becoming good at frameworks, you know, and understanding like you now we have React and we have Angular and these things didn't exist when I first came. We're so blessed to have these things now, but like, you know, getting really good at JavaScript, um, you know, understanding uh, object-orientated um programming and like just really zoning in, I would say took me about a good four to five years. It's not, it, it's not about the amount of time that you put in. It's really, it's, it, I mean, it is about the, t the time you put it, put in. It's about, um, it's, it's about how you learn. So I, I was blessed to have friends. Eventually I became friends with a lot of uh, individuals who I would pair code with we get together on the weekends and pair code. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's about like really zoning in on, on the uh, technology and, you know, it does take time. You got to spend time, but just trying to become an expert at, at one or two or three things, ideally. Um, oh gosh, I lost my question. <laughs> I was going to say that, um, Y'all hear her, it took her four to five years. And, you know, I guess my question was going to be, you know, what were you doing in the meantime? But you were doing tech support, which was very different than software engineering. My question is, do you think, because, you know, the thing is now that you can be in tech and not have to learn to program. And in my mind, I was like, you, you need to know programming because there's so many people that want to be in tech and they're like, yeah, I don't want to program and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, you, you can't really get around tech, you know, without the programming part of it. Um, but that's just, that's my opinion on it. Because um, even when I was in cloud, it's like, okay, they were trying to put me on DevOps because I knew how to program. No one on my team knew how to how to uh, program. So it's like, okay. Um, so what is you your can. opinion on that? 
I mean, you can, you can go without learning programming, but, but I mean, if you're looking at like a lucrative career, like programming is where it's at. There's, there's, I think the last statistic I saw, there was like over 300,000 jobs in America right now for programming. I know we just went through a bunch of layoffs with some of the, uh, the top 10 uh, large tech companies, but like programming is like the intro to a lot of areas. And so um, it is, it, it'll always be like the most lucrative career in technology, like learning how to code and understanding how programming algorithms work and the fundamentals of programming is like, it'll always be the top paying job in technology, always, always. Um, you know, you could be a project manager, you know, you can be a product manager. Um, you can be tech support and not ever touch any code. Um, there's, there are, there are things you can do that don't touch coding or don't touch programming, but those areas aren't as in demand as a software engineer, as a programmer. And, uh, that's why you can find companies like my company who are willing to pay people two, three hundred, $400,000 to come in as a programmer, because it is, it is a, um, it's a very intense um, and it's a very specialized area of technology that requires you to really be logical, critically think, and, you know, and that's usually those type of jobs are what pays the most money. So if you're looking at where to go, you know, what area of technology you belong to, ask yourself, like, am I looking for something easy that, you know, that just sparks my interest or am I looking for something challenging that pays me well? And if you're looking for something challenging that pays you well, it's programming. And like you said, it touches in so many different areas. Like if you're in the cloud, you might have to write a script, you know? Um, our TPMs, they write, they look at pull requests. They're looking at code, you know, they're suggesting comments. Um, you know, even if you end up being a project manager and you're working in JIRA, some of those little um, specialized plugins require you to write a script or write a piece of code in those applications. Um, so, so it does touch a bunch of different areas and different focuses within tech. Um, my suggestion is, and what I'm trying to do is bring more people of color into the programming space because it is still very, very underpopulated. There is a ton of jobs available and not enough people to fill them. And with AI and all of these more sophisticated um, uh, technology focuses like machine learning that are now becoming a thing, um, even programming is programmers are going to be even more in demand. So it's like, why not, why not be a part of you know a revolution and, and help drive the, the future of technology, which is basically a coding. So, right. And I didn't mean that you know there's no job. I'm just saying that to me, software engineering, coding, whatever you programming, whatever you want to call it, is the foundation. I mean, it's literally how computer science and tech began, you know. And I think that you should at least probably have maybe one course on it so you understand the fundamentals and the basics. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, you know, say these jobs and things like that. Like there was one not too long ago, not too long ago. And they were like, yeah, you can be a, like you were saying, a technical program manager. 
And I was like, no, no, I've interviewed for those. And they want you to understand a a lot, which includes Mm -hmm. programming. You know, you may not necessarily be programming, Mm -hmm. but they want you to understand it. And that that equal now it even equals fooling with the cloud. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. we have extra stuff that you you have to put on top. So, you know, it would be good if it would be good if they put programming as one one um, one required prerequisite to any program, like even if you're going to school for graphic design, you have to take at least one class of programming. If you're going to school for business, take one class of programming. If you're going for, I don't know, architectural design, take one class. It should just be embedded into, to give people exposure. It should be a household thing, my opinion. Look, I'm, I wasn't going to take a programming class in, in an accounting program. <laughs> Why not? Like, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't going to do it. I was not going to do it. Um, You know, I was mad that I had to take statistics, you know, uh, because to me, statistics isn't the traditional math, you know, but, you know, I did statistics all up and throughout when I was Well, you know what statistics is? Data science. (laughs) That's data science. Right. That's basically what it is. Right. And so, you know, and actually I'm getting my master's in data science and stuff like that, because I actually did love the statistical part of it when I actually put it in motion. I was mad that I had to take it when I'm in my program, but um, yeah, you know, I would say Excel would be another one because shoot, pivot tables and all those other kinds of stuff I was doing, you know what I'm saying? Like they ain't teach that in my accounting program. So I'm just like, I should have took an Excel course, but um, nope, I wouldn't have took a computer science class. (laughs) No accounting program. Just one programming Python, you know, but I will admit, I will admit, IT audit is kind of quasi accounting and tech. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I would look at systems and I would, you know, sit down with someone and, you know, have to look at the system and sometimes the code and things like that. And it, it would have helped in that regard. So I guess it depends on what type of audit you would have been doing. So there's that. Yep, 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 totally. Um, final question. Um, you know, you talked about getting more people into tech just in general, you know, um, that that look like us. And, you know, what are some tips and tricks that you would, you know, give to someone that wanted to be in tech? Yeah, I would, um, I would suggest you like start to do as much research as you can. Um, I always, so there's, I'm here in the Bay Area and um, there's always something happening. There's a lot of social events that happen here um, locally. So, um, you know, start attending networking events, start attending tech events. Um, you know, of course, don't, you probably don't want to target something that has a special, um, a specialization, like, like you don't want to go to a Python, uh, class (laughs) or a Python meetup and you have no idea what Python is, um, unless it's a, unless there's an invite for people who are beginners or who may not be in it, but like, you know, pick and choose which social events to go to, but start finding uh, social events to attend and get familiar with the different areas of technology. Do a lot of research. Um, I'm on Clubhouse a lot. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, Hop on uh, Clubhouse. There's always some sort of breaking into tech or transitioning to tech or something, some sort of a tech-related chat going on where where different people are talking about the things that they do. Start doing research. Um, start being in the spaces where other techs are. Um, take a class. Um, 
there's a lot of free training online. Um, I would say I have a Facebook group called Breaking the Tech. We have over 16,000 people. Join the Facebook group. Join It's it's uh, Breaking in the Tech. And there are career coaches in there who talk about, um, you know, how to navigate or how to um, start your career search based off of what your current um, specialization is or whatever your career goals have been or, or career background has been and how the, how those can apply to a career in tech. Um, you know, find Facebook groups um, and then start doing as much, much research as you can. Start looking at the popular things that are happening in technology. We're hearing a lot about AI. We're hearing a lot about robotics. You know, we, we have a lot of things going on where tech and science meet. Um, start becoming interested in those areas and start listening. And then um, if you hear something or see something that sparks your interest, go do research on it. That's I still do this to this day. Like if there's something that re that interests me, I will I'll probably binge research for about a week <laughs> on that one thing because I want to learn about it. And so you, it, I think a majority of um, of new techs, um, they sometimes they want to get in it because it's the money, um, but it really would help you if you were really interested in the the space. Like if you really had an interest in the space, because yes, there's good money. The money comes along with it. But like if you really are taking interest to um, the tech the tech field in general, like the space, um, it'll 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 help you focus your attention into those areas and, and really start doing research. And if that, if your research spans you or takes you to a space where you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to a boot camp, or I'm going to find, you know, I'm going to find a, um, I don't know, I don't know, you're in Houston, we have these things called like ROPs and, and uh, occupational programming here at the adult schools, you can take tech programming there. Um, but your research should span you to kind of want to uh, learn, self-learn, or go to a program or something, somehow, some way. Um, but I would say, yeah, start there, network and research. Those are those are the two two things I would suggest for a new new person who's interested. I am not originally from Texas. I'm a, I'm a Cali girl, <laughs> so I'm very familiar with the ROP programs. Back when um, dating myself again, back when I was in high school, they didn't have tech stuff. It was more so like nursing assistant, yep. medical assistant, and yep. like shoot, I don't know what they had for men, but uh, but yep. yeah, I, I'm I'm happy they got that for ROP now. That's that's really exciting. That's really exciting. I hope that you're definitely pushing the young people into that because I mean it's like it's like free ninety nine. <laughs> Um, yep. Yep. and I also will add community college, you know, I took a lot of, you know, rare courses at the community college. And those are the type of people that are in the industry, you know, that are teaching these courses. So their, their knowledge is very relevant and very recent. Um, mm -hmm. one of the, the courses that I took way back when <laughs> was intro to careers in, in tech or you know computer mm -hmm. science or whatever mm -hmm. and it was a it was actually a black woman that came um they were they were having different people that came and it was a black woman that worked at um hp and mm -hmm. stuff and she came and i was like oh okay this sounds so exciting because i was like you know like i think i was the only black person in the class and they actually had a black woman come you know wow. so it was it was super exciting but um 
yeah, do not skip out on community college. And I know for a fact, if you're in California and you're poor enough, you can like literally go for free. Um, yeah. with the I don't think they call it the bog waiver anymore. I'm dating myself again, <laughs> but it was called the bog waiver. That's for yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I love community college because, you know, and they have fast paced courses to an extent and they're, mm -hmm. they're cheap enough and they have, Courses that you wouldn't find at a university, you know. So nope. um, throwing that. Yeah, out I went to there. community college when I was in high school. That's what I was doing during my summers. I I didn't go to summer school. I went to community college. So when I graduated high school, I had like almost thirty credits, almost associate degree. I had so many. So community college people sleep on community college. They sleep on community college. They, they really sleep. do. They really do. Like it has a. Uh, I don't know if community college still has a bad signal, but when I was in high school, they were like. Oh, I'm going to go to college. I don't want to go to community college. That's yeah. for, you know, the, yeah. the people that didn't do well in school. Which right, was, right. But, you know, right. That's, that's not true. Went, but, no, that's no. not true. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> but um, outside of that, what else was I going to say um, about community college? Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. I didn't do community college because I, I actually didn't know it was an option. So I was outside of community college that you can take classes you know, mm -hmm. for free as a high school uh, student at, at the college, mm -hmm. I did CLEP. So um, mm -hmm. I did CLEP, Dante's, and a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't even exist now. Matter of fact, they just took one away, um, like a huge program away not, not that long ago that, you know, you can do credit by exam. So I did lots and lots mm -hmm. of credit by exam. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I never did so, those before. But if I had known, I, I probably would have you know what, I would have graduated with a GED if I knew that was an option and, and did all that. Cause like, I, I literally hated school. Like a lot, everything I pretty much know, I, I pretty much self-taught myself. I've always taken like self-paced courses and you know, all that, that good stuff. So it's like, okay, I don't, I don't really care about any of that stuff. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, tell us where we can find you. Um, so I'm on Instagram. You can find me, uh, Ellie Nichols Tech. Uh, on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm L.E. Nichols Dev on Twitter. Um, and if you would like, you can learn about Scratch at scratch.org. Uh, we are a nonprofit. We operate like a startup. Um, and we derived off of the MIT campus, and now we're kind of our own startup. So check us out, scratch.org. Um, go and create. There's We have a platform that allows you to um, we have a block-based programming language that we produce, um, and it allows you to go and create applications, video games. So go play around on our website, scratch.org, um, and then you should probably, yeah, visit visit scratch.org. You'll you'll I think there's a couple of um, references to me on that website on our main website. Um, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as L E Nichols L period E period Nichols. Um, and again, on Instagram is Ellie Nichols Tech, and then Twitter is Ellie Nichols Dev. All right. And then, oh, uh, Facebook group, Breaking in the Tech. We have like, I think it's like 17, almost 18,000 um, people between, um, it's it's a it's a um, intro into tech uh, support group that people who are interested in technology, they come and they join, they get to talk to people who have already did the transition, they get, there's career coaches in there, offer free programming and training, just a place to discuss, you know, and chat. 
I would so be a part of that, but I I I do not do Facebook. Um, I used to get in trouble a lot on Facebook, so I'm a changed woman now, though. <laughs> so I just I just stay up off of Facebook, like uh, plus I don't make I don't make no money on Facebook, so I I'm on Twitter. Hey, my make some money from the group. There's a lot of uh. Lot of <laughs> I, yeah, you right, you right, you right, you so right. <laughs> But um, nah, I don't. I don't fool with Facebook like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay away. But, uh, but yeah, thank you, Ellie, for coming on the show. My name is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though uh, podcast. Um, you can find us on YouTube, of course, if you're watching on Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and subscribe to the newsletter because we put that out uh, every week uh, with updates on me was my master's in data science program, the new episode of, of the podcast, and also classes that I put out um, that I uh, do for free and paid. So um, yeah, until next time, see y'all later.